Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And this week, we are joined by Lauren Hintz from HubSpot. If you aren't familiar with HubSpot, it is an all-in-one software solution to market, sell, and service uh, your customers in one platform. And HubSpot has been working with thousands of marketing agencies since 2010 when they launched their marketing agency partner program. Lauren has been on their team for four and a half years. She helped launch uh, HubSpot in uh, the Asia Pacific region. And uh, most interestingly, she is going to be talking to us today about this really cool survey that HubSpot did uh, where they they interviewed over a thousand digital agencies. And we'll link you guys to this survey uh, results, this, this report in our show notes. And we're going to be talking about that today. Some of the lessons uh, gleaned from that information uh, to give you guys a kind of a 30,000 foot view, a bird's eye view of what's going on. What are the challenges? Uh, what are the issues that are affecting agencies of all sizes? So Lauren's here today from HubSpot to talk to us about that. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So excited to chat with you today. Thanks for the great, great intro. Yeah, no worries. So, so this is a cool, cool report. So a couple things, I mean, uh, before we kind of get into that, um, you know, what's, what's your current role at HubSpot? Sure. Yeah. So I've been at HubSpot about four and a half years and I've had an interesting path because I've worked on both the direct side of our business selling and marketing directly to customers. And I've spent the last nearly two years or so working with agencies. And so getting that kind of dual focus of how the business operates is pretty interesting. And what I do now at HubSpot is work with agencies that are interested in joining our partner program and create resources for them during that decision-making process, as well as um, support the team that actually brings those agencies on our sales team. So it's pretty interesting. I spend a lot of time thinking about 
agency life, agency struggles, um, and just how, how the, all of that wraps up into um, the business model. Very cool. So let's, let's talk a little bit about this, um, this survey that you did. You have this report. It's, uh, it's a bit meaty. It has some information there. There's a couple of pieces of data in this report. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's our, the biggest research report that we've done our team in probably ever. Uh, we did another report similar talking about agencies and how they price and package and how this report came about is because over the last six months or so before we published it, we were getting tons of feedback from our agency partners, uh, who wanted us to produce more content for them around agency growth topics. They wanted to hear from other agency owners about their biggest struggles, um, how they overcome challenges, what do they do for hiring, how do they price and package? Like they wanted that peer perspective. And so what we did is we said, okay, we're going to give you that data and we're going to interview via survey, via online survey, a thousand agency owners, uh, actually not all agency owners, but a thousand agency employees. And then we compiled it into a 58 page document with all of that data laid out. Um, it was in 70, 70 different countries, um, over a course of four, four months or so. So it was quite a, quite a big undertaking. You mentioned you surveyed owners and employees. Yes. Was there anything, <laughs> uh, was there any, any insights there? I mean, I, our audience is the majority owners. Uh, I, I imagine it's, it's, uh, it's, it's about really the entrepreneur side of, uh, of running a digital agency. Uh, so is there anything just thinking at that high level of the different subsets of people that you interviewed that, that stood out to you in terms of, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what, what was some of the differences between owners versus employees? Yeah, great. That's a great question. So we had about 50% of the people, uh, were, were actually owners or CEOs or self-identified as president. Um, I wish we would have sliced the data in that way so that we could really see the differences in, what owners said versus people on the ground sort of in those account manager roles said, but we didn't actually slice mm. the data in that, in that way. Yeah, no worries. What are, what were some of the, the, the challenges that, uh, that agency owners or, or people that worked at agencies with their owners or not, um, I guess within all of these categories, what are some of the challenges that they, um, have in either working with or running the agency? Yes. Uh, Kind of unsurprising to us, the biggest pay point, 60% of people that filled out this survey told us that finding new clients was actually their biggest struggle um, and biggest challenge and biggest pay point. Um, we'd asked the question around what are your agency's biggest pain points and impeding you from growth. Um, and so finding new clients was certainly the top one. And below that was um, not having enough time to focus on administrative tasks. So that's um, staffing plans and onboarding, new business investments. Recently, we interviewed some partners for case studies. And I wanted to share this one quote that I thought was so fitting <laughs> that kind of summarized this 50-page survey data into, into a couple sentences. And they said, we need to focus on finding the right fit clients so we can charge more for our services. Once we do that, we can focus on hiring more people. Once we hire more people, then we'll have time to focus on our own marketing and grow our business. And that's really such a holistic, <clears throat> excuse me, view. And, and view I think you just support. described the, uh, 
the chicken or egg problem that most, yes. you know, <laughs> if only I had more clients, I would have more money to hire more people. So I'd have more time to market and get more clients. Right. Uh, <laughs> so what yeah. you guys, you, so HubSpot is, you know, for, for the uninitiated, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of talked about this in my, in my intro, uh, you're, you're really a, a, a marketing and sales platform. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you have these agencies who are expert marketers. They are doing this for, uh, for their clients. And, and I'm, I'm not even picking on uh, HubSpot partners here. I think I'm picking on everybody that is, is doing this kind of thing. It's like, you know, the web design agency that hasn't updated their website in, in, in five years, right. Or the marketing company that, uh, markets brilliantly for their clients but when it comes to their own stuff, this is their number one problem. Like there's a little bit of a paradox here. Mm-hmm, for sure. And we hear that. I hear that all the time talking to partners in person at our events all the time. I mean, I think, I think it's a combination of factors. I think for newer kind of startup agencies, if that's even a term, but kind of newer, newer agencies that are bootstrapped and getting off the ground. I think one thing I hear a lot is that these are people that have transitioned from they were an amazing marketer or an amazing designer and have branched off to become an entrepreneur and they want to own their own schedule. They want to make their own money, have the flexibility of owning their own business. And so with that transition, they're learning a whole new skill set. It's not, it's no longer just about delivering an amazing web design, amazing website. It's also about learning how do you build a sales process? How do you um, pitch what you can do? How do you build your portfolio in a way that people can find it online? So it's like this whole new ball game, essentially, of sales. So I think that's like one piece for the newer agencies. And then for much more established agencies, I think it's exactly what you're saying of how do you box out that time to devote to marketing and selling for your own agency when client work is always going to take, always going to take precedent. And something else we hear a lot too is that it's, it's hard to identify for CEOs, like when is the time when they start moving from being the main salesperson of the agency into moving into more of these administrative type roles of hiring and figuring out how do you set aside this time for the team to, to really focus on marketing their own agency. So I think that's, that's the kind of something that's maybe tangential to it, but also interesting to think about that transition of the CEO role from moving from sales into really operational of how the, how the business works. Do you hear that much from, from people on your show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. We could, we could yeah. have like all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, tangential shows or topic ideas come off of this one. So, but, but I'm looking at this, 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 uh, the, these results and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this is not like, uh, I'm, I'm 74% of your respondents have been running their agency for five or more years. If I'm, if I'm reading this correctly and kind of adding up these numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. so this is not a new, it's not like their business woke up yesterday and they're like, Oh, we need to market and sell, or we need to figure out how to, mm-hmm. how to find new clients. I mean, this is a problem if, if they're, uh, if the majority of your, um, 60% of your respondents said finding new clients are amongst their biggest pain points. And I mean, what is it over, um, about half of your companies have, uh, have been 
running their business over 10 years, something like that. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm scanning these numbers. And yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy that, that mm-hmm. it's, it's like you've been in business for 10 years and this is still a problem. This is still yeah. the number one problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Another stat that comes to mind is a little bit later in the report, um, we asked the question, like, what are, what are the things your agency plans to invest in, in the next year? And 72% of people said lead generation from our own marketing. So it's like, people know it's a challenge and they know they need to invest in it, but it's figuring out what does that mean? <laughs> um, what I find is fascinating. And I don't know if this is something that, uh, I mean, we, we maybe are, I'm not sure if we're more exposed to it or if you guys are, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, for, for HubSpot, for instance, you're training your clients how to go out there and uh, you're, you're training your partner agencies how to go out there and, and ask for significant investments from their clients to market and sell, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that as agency owners, uh, many of our audience is, you know, we, we, we teach all the time, like how to, how to you know, get higher value projects, how to demand more for your time, how to sell higher value work. But then when it comes to investing in themselves investing in their own marketing or sales. Sometimes I think people think it would be preposterous to have like another marketing or sales company come mm-hmm. in and help the agency, right? Like they, they won't mm-hmm. invest a dollar in uh, hiring an agency to do their own marketing. And I mean, I know I used to do this at our agency. I would use our, our team to kind of do our own stuff. And mm-hmm. it sounds good on paper, like, oh, I have this designer who's not busy. So let's go redesign my website. And, you know, we were a web design agency. So we thought the solution, right? Like, like we were the hammer <laughs> that only saw nails. We thought the solution to every problem was like, we just needed to re- redo our website again. Like, oh, we're not getting leads. We should just redo our website again. We should, you know, and it was kind of this like this annual mm-hmm. ritual that we had of every time we didn't have enough referrals coming in, we'd redo our site again when, you know, mm-hmm. marketing or generating new business is, is a much bigger picture than probably most marketers narrow skill set, mm-hmm. their narrow expertise. Like if I'm mm-hmm. a, if I'm a big company, I come in and hire some marketing company to help me with Facebook. Like that might not be the only thing that's part of my marketing and sales engine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty interesting just perspective on it of like, should agencies hire out? and hire someone to come in and really train them on this. Uh, one, one example I want to share from a partner I was just speaking to within the last few months or so, they, I think one thing that could be a solution to this could be this specific partner I'm thinking of. They are in the manufacturing space. That is their vertical. They really only work with manufacturing companies. And so one of the things they did to really do lead gen for them is carved out some time for one of their account managers to build this really comprehensive report about, yeah, about inbound marketing in the manufacturing industry. And they had hundred or so of their target accounts that they had basically written up proposals about like what these websites could do to improve their, improve their um, site. And then use that as both a tool for people coming to their site to download it, to download it, but then also an outreach tool for like, Hey, we featured your website in this, in this report do you want to chat more about how we could, how, how we could help improve your site or we can give you a consultation on this? Um, so it was kind of like an interesting way to sort of do both at the same time in a way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you reconcile? So you've got this, you know, what are your agency's biggest pain points? 60% are saying finding your clients is biggest pain point. And then I'm kind of cruising down and I'm going, how confident are you with your agency's ability to 
generate new leads, well, 60% are sixty percent are confident in their ability to generate new leads. Uh, 79% are confident in closing new clients. 63% are confident mm-hmm. in growing revenue. Um, so it's like we have this problem of mm-hmm. generating new leads and signing on clients. Like most agencies are admitting that that's a problem, but then they are simultaneously saying that they're super confident. They, they got this. They're going to solve this problem themselves. Um, is, is there a, is that in conflict with one another? Is there some kind of insight that we can glean from that? Yeah, it's a great, that's a great point to put those two data points right next to each other. I wonder if part of it is it's, it's difficult and scary to say, Hey, I need help with this. <laughs> I like, do this for my yeah. clients and I need help with this. Like that was, that would just be like the, the yeah. some, some issue around that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I mean, maybe it's that word confident. That's like kind of an emotional word a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, so, so I, I sold my agency, uh, I guess going on about six years now ago. And, um, you know, we had a, a, a web agency and, you know, I've built literally like hundreds and hundreds of websites for their companies. And when we first started our, you know, you gurus, um, we, we basically like had a, uh, the same type of team that I had at my agency. Like we still, we, we, we hired a full-time designer and a full-time developer. And, you know, we, we were basically creating all of our own stuff. And, um, I, I, I eventually came to my senses and said, okay, that's not my core business. I need to have other people that do that, that aren't, you know, our, our business is not selling websites anymore. We shouldn't be building our own stuff. Um, and, and I've done some consulting with, with agencies where it seems like we start to get t- more and more closer to that, solution, which is if your core business is web design or your core business is digital marketing or Facebook ads or whatnot, um, you know, just because your core team can do that work doesn't necessarily mean they should. And maybe you should be partnering with other agencies, other companies to help you with some of those, you know, things that aren't your core specialty or aren't billable work. I mean, I can just imagine for a typical agency employee, you know, one day I'm working with a client and then one day I'm working with my, you know, my boss at the agency to do his stuff. And I can only imagine that that's a different type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense to me. Even like thinking about it in my role here or like a sale, like for instance, salespeople here, like there's certainly salespeople at HubSpot that have hired personal coaches with their own money to help them be a better sales rep, even though they do that all the time, every day. Mm. Uh, or like we, right, we have marketing software, but we certainly purchase other pieces of software to do things our software can't do also, you know? So yeah. there, there's, I see what you're saying of like, there is definitely power in that. And it's probably even more so in a services-based business like an agency, because you're talking more about time than you're talking about time rather than like functionality of, of something. Let's yeah. talk about um, the, the, the pricing strategy. Cause this is, I think this is, uh, something that people are are interested in in general, which is how do people set uh, how do people set price mm-hmm. for for their mm-hmm. jobs? And I know uh, as an agency owner, I'm always wondering like how's how's my competitor setting setting price? Am I am I doing this the right way? Do I have the mm-hmm. right business model? What did you find uh, in this survey around price? Mm-hmm. I mean, most most the the biggest chunk of people which I'm looking at it here in front of me too, 43% of those people do a combination of different pricing methods. Um, at HubSpot, we like we really pride ourselves in being able to train agencies to move from 
big bulky pricing into retainer pricing where you can go deeper with the client and keep that engagement longer. So that's certainly something that we are able to offer agencies that work with us is we've, we've really learned how to train them and to do that. But I think the reality is it's like, that might be the ideal is to have a bunch of clients that are on retainer and that's predictable. It's predictable revenue. You know, it's something that you can count on, but I mean, the survey, the data tells us like it's, it's a combination of that and, and project work too. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, I mean, this question, the, the, how they set price. And then this other part on price that you uh, list in the survey, which is, um, basically mm. this, uh, we customize our service offering mm-hmm. for each new business opportunity. This stat, uh, makes me feel super uncomfortable. Uh, eight, 80, <laughs> 83% of agencies are customizing yeah. their service offering for each new business opportunity. Oh, yeah, that's tough. It's really tough. I mean, how it's, many, how many customers does HubSpot have? Oh gosh, we've got 40, 40,000. What if you had a different pricing package oh, for every one of them? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm uncomfortable now. I see, I see why this is making you uncomfortable because that would be, I mean, it'd be totally insane. Like just yeah. so inefficient. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, just really inefficient for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, do you think that is, I mean, right, we've got the data here in front of us, but do you think that is because, uh, I mean, I, I guess we can speculate on like what that would be, but is it because they don't know agencies aren't, it's hard to identify who your target client is. And so it's hard to identify what that like ideal initial retainer sizes or initial project work. Cause that's something we hear too. It's like, well, I need to, it's, it's scary to turn away business. So I'm willing to kind of wiggle room around until I, until we find something that works for that client. Cause I don't want to lose the deal altogether. I think it gets, you have to get to a pretty established part in your agency, pretty established part to be able to say, okay, you're just not a good fit for me. And, and I'm just going to turn you away, but I'm going to recommend you to somebody else. I hope you get service, but I'm not a good fit for you. I, I mean, I definitely, I, I know, I know it's because of a, a lack of a focused, you know, audience, whether it's a focused horizontal, like, Hey, we help people with, you know, we help companies with HubSpot implementation or whatever, or we help, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, doctors do X, Y, Z, right? I mean, I think that the, the audience targeting is a part of that, but I, I also think that it comes back to just that, that two letter word of no, of, mm-hmm. you know, here's our, here's our packages, here's our structure, um, and if you're not a fit, you're not a fit. And, and I think there is a, a sense of needing to get that right. But for every client an agency brings on with a customized program, I mean, that's one more, you know, that's one more client where you can't create a standard operating procedure. Mm, you know, that's definitely. one more client where you can't make an offer at scale. You know, you can't, uh, yeah. you know, you can't go to the, go to a stage or, or, or do a webinar and try to make an offer for a service uh, mm-hmm. if everyone you have to customize. I mean, that, that definitely will impede scale. But I also see, though, I mean, I, I don't want to beat this up because I want to put some context around this. I mean, you have um, agencies in this survey. I'm just looking at revenue. So 2016 revenue. Um, so what, about... Um, about 30, 40, almost, well, some of them don't know their revenue. I love that. Uh, but almost 30 <laughs> plus percent of your mm-hmm. respondents were seven figure 
agencies, mm-hmm. 7% mm-hmm. are 5 million or more. Um, so, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like these are, you know, companies that are struggling. I mean, if they, you know, obviously if they aren't, they're, they're right. customizing their solutions for their clients and some of them are doing over $5 million a year in revenue, like, cool. Like that's, right. if that works, it works. Like don't, don't break it. But I also talked mm-hmm. to agencies where, uh, some of the struggles they're, they're faced with around systems, processes. You mentioned time earlier. So, you know, mm-hmm. how do you get that time back? I mean, systems, processes, automation, delegation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like uh, scope creep kind of is also a uh, like an end result of something like this. It's like if you are customizing your service offerings, how often are those? It's actually more work than you anticipated because it's not like a standard standard delivery. Well, and, and your team doesn't know. I mean, I know, I mean, that was, that was a problem that we used to have, which was, uh, you know, I would, I would jam through, I mean, look, I am, I'm talking from experience (laughs) here. I mean, I, we, we did this all day long, right. But, uh, (laughs) I think when we, we started getting, when we started actually building scale in our business and we were able to then create a valuable business that we could sell to another company, a lot of that Mm -hmm. came from standardizing our product offering, standardizing, um, our packages and giving other empowering other people in our business to, uh, to start to learn how to sell them and deliver them. When I would just, you know, when every project was a different and unique snowflake, then, you know, it's like my team didn't know what was in scope or out of scope or what was okay and what wasn't okay. Whereas, you know, cause if it's the first time they saw this line item come across of like, here, this is a part of the project, you're going to be doing this and this and this, you know, mm-hmm. what, what does that mean? Does that mean that, you know, if it's the first time they're doing it and they, you know, we misestimated it, do they just stop work? Do they, you know, what are their boundaries? I mean, a lot of those things you can only figure out like on, you know, try number six is when you start to really get the hang of it. Sure. Sure. That makes, makes a total sense. What are you seeing? Uh, and I'm not sure if I, if I saw this in there, but uh, what are you seeing in terms of like new client work being a percentage of revenue or, uh, repeat work with clients. Do you guys have anything in the survey about this part? Cause I think that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. As far as so how we broke it down in here is as far as project work versus retainer. Okay. It's not necessarily, I guess it's like comp it's similar to what you're saying, but not necessarily. Um, yeah. So we said, let's see here. Eh, trying to skim through here. I don't have to, I don't have the numbers off, of, off the top of my head there. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's also mixed. I think we like HubSpot. We like to live in a ideal world that all of our partners that we work with are on retainer, but not always the case. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Here I got. I've got the stats in front of me here. Okay, so it looks like, uh, I mean, yeah, less than so. It's, so thirty percent of of the people in this survey out of a thousand said that eighty to hundred percent of their clients are on retainer. So less than half of the respondents said that they half their clients are non-retainer. So let me start, let me re, let me reword that. So there were a thousand people in this survey. Five hundred of those said at least half of our clients are not on retainer. So it's project work. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a mix too, and that, that reiterates that idea of we customize them for eighty-three percent of people. You have another part of this survey which. I, I know I've kind of, uh, you know, this is this survey has brought some interesting insights to the table for me, but but this one actually was unexpected, which is the uh, the cash flow. 
How mm. how many months of cash flow does the typical uh, agency have kind of on hand? And um, this actually doesn't seem that bad. Only well, I would have thought this number would have been way higher. I still love the 5%. Don't know. Uh, but the 13% uh, less than one month available need to wait for customers in order to pay salaries and our expenses. Um, so that's, mm. I mean, I guess it's about 20, what's that? 33% have one month of cash flow or less, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's about a third of companies have one month or less. I would have thought that number would have been higher actually. So it's, mm. it's interesting that 24, let's see here, almost six. So 60, 70% have two or more months of mm-hmm. cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because a lot of, a lot of agencies aren't on, they're not doing retainers for their clients yet or not all their clients are on retainer, right? Because that's what gives you the predictability of it. Yeah. Well, or almost like, like when I, when I read this, this part of the report, it almost based on what I know from like Mm -hmm. anecdotal insights of just working with customers, what Mm -hmm. you have here seems uh, way more optimistic. And and that's why I'm wondering if, because Mm -hmm. half of your uh, 50% or so of your uh, survey respondents are HubSpot customers and you do a lot of training with them on getting them to, to push mm-hmm. towards retainers and things like that. Um, you know, so I'm wondering if that's a part of it too, and that you, you have those numbers are more optimistic because of, you know, HubSpot's relationship and training with, with your, your, your companies. Sure. Yeah. That could certainly, certainly be the case. I mean, that's something that we, yeah. I mean, we've been working on our training around that for years. So it's certainly something that we, I mean, we see it's, we see it's like valuable for agencies it gives you peace of mind. It gives you ability to plan for headcount. It gives you ability to plan for like new service offerings you want to add that you may need to hire a sales coach because you want to start doing sales enablement services. Like it gives you the ability for like future proofing and planning for your agency when you have retainers. But the transition is is hard for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other, the other interesting stat here is um, 77% of the thousand companies uh, bootstrapped their business. So they use their own revenue mm. to create the business, which, I mean, that basically tells me, you know, that that's, I mean, you know, a laptop in a, in a, in a pad of paper is, is how most people start their, their digital agencies, right? Yeah. They, they bought a computer and they're, you know, got their first couple of clients and built it up from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet that's even going to continue to, to grow. I mean, it's, it's so accessible to people now you could learn anything online you can, you can train yourself to, to be a web designer. Like that's, it's amazing. So I could see how that could, that could continue to grow over the next decades for sure. Lauren, what's your, what's your take on how, um, you know, we've kind of talked at a high level about this survey. Uh, what's, what's your take on how a agency owner, one of our, our listeners uh, could look at this and, and learn something and think about what's going on with their own business. Like how can they apply this research project that you did, which is super valuable? How can they apply this to their own business? Sure. I think, I mean, I think that the benchmarking is super powerful. Like I think it's, you could, you could read this and say, okay, what are the things that, that I'm struggling with that other people are? And it may, it may give you a connection point to, to reach out. I'm sure, you know, if I was an agency owner, I would have other agency owners that I want to learn from. And so something like this, I think gives you a conversation starting point of like, Hey, are you struggling with this? Also, let's, let's chat about it. Let's, let me learn from you of what, what's, what's hard for you too. So I think being able to benchmark this and feel like, Hey, I'm not actually alone in 
and that's hard for most agencies to find clients. Like, I think that's pretty powerful as far as just getting that, um, for yourself that like, Hey, I'm not alone in this. And there's, there's other people that are struggling with the same thing and maybe I can learn from them too. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great, um, a great way to think about this, of uh, kind of a conversation starter or even just, um, yeah, and just just thinking about well, I you know I saw in this report that I'm a part of the the 15 percent that has you know that is not customizing my product offering. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Right, most people are customizing. Should I be customizing? Like I don't know, right? I mean, right. it's just or a even good, internally, yeah, yeah, with your own team, yeah, for sure. There's even just looking at the uh, the service offerings. What are the, your agency's core three service offerings? This is right right at the beginning part of the. Uh, the, the mm-hmm. report and the, the top three are, so you have web design and development, inbound marketing, and design and branding as kind of the top three services. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's pretty standard. Um, and it's interesting to see some of the ones that are, are less uh, common. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if I want to be a part of the, 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 the big part of the pack or if I want to be on the less common side, but maybe that would be uh, also some insights that you could pull is like, you know, what should we be looking at or what shouldn't we be looking at? Yeah, I agree. Totally agree with that. Well, Lauren, this has been really valuable. A uh, little different style than our usual episode, but we kind of geeked out on some some survey data and we, we, we talked about some insights and some things that people should be uh, could be thinking about for their business. Uh, are you ready for our lightning round? I am ready. I'm ready. Thanks for some great conversation. Uh, Lauren, what is the best advice you've ever received? So I'm a recovering perfectionist is what I like to call myself. And so the whole phrase done is better than perfect is like, I just have to live by that because I am the person that will optimize something the heck out of it and not actually get done and move on to the next thing. So done is better than perfect is in my head quite often. That's great. That's actually, uh, we, somebody usually in our community about once a week ish, We'll uh, we'll post that and then immediately post whatever work they now have to call the you know call done on themselves. Uh, so that's, that's a that's a fun one. Uh, totally. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Yeah, I would say the I so I run every day at lunch. I either run or go to the gym, and I'm not like a health not, I don't go crazy fast or anything like that, but I think the the practice of just moving and getting away from the laptop and getting out of internet land for a little bit is really refreshing to me, especially when it's nice outside. So I would say that's probably in the last couple of years, that's been something really important, a personal habit as far as productivity. Nice. Congrats on that. (laughs) (laughs) It was was hard to get there, but now I'm like, it's really because I leave my desk and come back and I just come back with a fresh, fresh mind. Yeah. That's, that's good. I, I, I personally, I, I, uh, I cycle a lot. So that's, uh, you gotta have that. I, I, I've somehow convinced myself that, uh, it's, it's a different form of working. Cause I'm usually chewing on some problems. So I'm like, okay, I just need to go work on my bike. Right. I'm still working, but I'm working on my bike. That's how I've, mm-hmm. how I've sold it to myself. Um, yeah. uh, probably have a little bit of that, uh, type a perfectionist in myself as well. Uh, <laughs> Can you share an internet resource, a tool that you use that you think our listeners uh, would find valuable, a tool or an app? Sure. Yeah. I, my husband and I have started using this app called Cozy, C-O-Z-I, and I'm new to it. So I, I, maybe I shouldn't endorse it hugely yet, but it's, it's essentially an organizer. Like it's a calendar, but it lets you, 
add your, your groceries and it lets you add my calendar and my husband's calendar. So they're all in one place. I could see it would be really valuable if you have kids and you're, you need to add in different calendars for kids schedules and, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's like a family organizer app and I don't know. So far I've enjoyed it. It's, it's, we're kind of new to it. So I don't want to give it a full endorsement yet, but if you're looking for something like that, it, it might be interesting for you. Does it connect with, uh, I'm just, I'm curious now you've, you've piqued my interest. Does it connect with like yeah. Google calendar, that kind of stuff? So you can like pull in calendars. So we haven't connected it to it. Okay. So my husband works in healthcare and does not do email or Google calendars at all. So we tried Google calendar for a while and that, failed miserably. So this was our attempt to make it a little more even low tech than that. So we just add everything in there. Like it's its own event, essentially. So I don't do I don't put my work stuff in there, but I'll put, okay, we're going to dinner with this with a couple friends uh, first. I'll add it in there. So, you yeah. Can both so we don't see have that. my work. Yeah. Yeah. More personal internet resource than work internet resource. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what book would you recommend and why? Oh, I love the power of habit. By Charles Duhigg. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Oh, so good. It just makes you, it makes you think about what you're spending your time on. It makes you feel like you can achieve any habit that you want, whether it's running or writing more or spending time outside. Like it just is, it really made me think about, you could, these small changes really add up over time. Yeah, you got your, your, your habit loop of Q routine reward. Uh, yes. Literally just yeah. wrote a blog post the other day, dropped in his uh, uh, image with like the mouse and the cheese and the uh, that whole thing. So the, the yes. mouse, the, the, the cheese, the maze, whatever anyways. But uh, <laughs> I know I can visualize the image you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Big, big fan. So uh, if our if our listeners, if you haven't checked out that book, uh, highly recommend that. Uh, we're going to link to that um, as well as uh, the app recommendation and the research report and a bunch of other uh, resources that Lauren has mentioned on today's program in our show notes. Check those out, yougurus.com forward slash podcast or just Google the digital agency show. You'll find it. Uh, every one of our show notes has tons of great resources for you. Takeaways, uh, quotes, uh, lessons learned, things that you should be considering in your business from this episode. So uh, check that out. You'll get so much more uh, additional resources for your business uh, on that uh, on that page. Uh, Lauren, how can our audience find out more about uh, you and HubSpot and this report and anything else that you have for them? Sure. Yeah, I'd say probably the, the easiest way to, if you want to get in touch with me, you can just shoot me a note, L hints at HubSpot. I'm happy to answer questions via email. Um, and then as far as learning more about HubSpot, if you, if you just Google HubSpot agency partner program, it'll, it'll definitely come up. Um, one other thing I wanted to share that's really brand new. We just launched it on June 27th is we are building and we're starting to build an agency directory. So any agency in the world can list themselves on HubSpot.com and yeah, start getting found by, by people who are searching to find an agency. So the, the vision of this is really long-term is to be the online destination for agencies to connect with businesses that want to hire them. So that's totally free and people can sign up for that. I'll send you a link and you can add it to the show notes as well. So that'd probably be another really tactical thing that people, the listeners from your show could, could take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, back to that number one problem of uh, finding more leads, finding more clients. If HubSpot's going to go out there and do the heavy lifting for you and, and create a place for you to have one more profile about your company and 
uh, maybe drive some business your way. That sounds like a good use of time. So we'll link out to that in our show notes, uh, Lauren, uh, as well, and link out to the report, as I said. So, uh, and we'll also, if, if you're cool with it, uh, link to your email address. If people want to contact you about the agency partner program. Is that cool? Yeah, that's great. That's right. great. We'll include that as well in the show notes. So check that out, guys. YouGurus.com slash podcast. Lauren, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the program and uh, welcome HubSpot to our uh, our show. Uh, we haven't ever had you on as, as a guest, so really excited about that as well. So thanks, Lauren. Thank you. It's been great. Great chatting today. All right. That is our episode for this week of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming at you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.